Every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift Lead Podcast with Chris McAllister. All right, Eric, man, so glad you're here. Um, For folks that are listening in on the podcast, we're welcoming Eric again tonight for number three. Uh, I'm calling him Brave Eric Online. We're still hiding. Uh, It's it's still anonymous, if you will, but uh, celebrating the bravery of jumping on here and doing these, walking through the coaching program on air. So, Eric, thanks for being here tonight. Um, so, So glad to have you, man. Crazy day, good day. What was the day like? It was a good day. Awesome. It's a good day. Thanks what, for having me on. What made it a good day? Just curious. Uh, I got to see someone I really care about. Nice. And uh, I got to work on something that I was excited about. So it's a good day. Heck yeah. Mission and community. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> the uh, So we'll, I always like to start off, and we'll do this as we move forward. Um, I'll ask moments where you became aware that you are insecure or proving or hiding. And the more that I ask that as we move forward, the more you get attuned to it. And after we get past week or week six or seven, I'll be asking about, okay, tell me what it was like when you felt insecure and then what'd you do about it? For now, we're still talking about the problem. So as you look back over the last week, what pops out? What were some moments where you're like, oh, I started to fear and I recognize my fear. And then if you still were resonating with the fear we talked about last time and then where you might prove or hide. So I know I threw a lot at you and I can walk you through that. But, yeah, jump in where you want to. I think the biggest thing over this past week was something that is actually a positive thing. But it it ended up being something that I was hiding from for some reason. Basically, uh, I got quite a a bit of attention on my work this week, like more than normal, um, on my design work. And I'm not sure if that was just luck or if I really deserved it, but, um, I had a lot of people looking at my work this week online, uh, because of a certain like feature that I got. And, uh, I was very overwhelmed by a lot of the attention and on multiple occasions, I like, I questioned, do I really deserve all this attention? And I'm not talking like millions of people here, but it was a lot more than I usually get. Um, and I, I would start getting down on myself uh, and feeling that imposter syndrome. Um, and I identified it and I tried to talk myself out of it. But for some reason, I felt drawn to like checking stats online to see how many people had seen it. And I just couldn't help myself. And that kind of just fueled itself. And it was really like a downward spiral. I had never felt better about it. Even though, like, I would remind myself that I'm lucky, I'm very, like, blessed to have so many people caring about my work, but I couldn't help but think about, you know, the the implications of that. Totally. Yeah. Man, what a awesome way of being attuned. And when you say you couldn't help but think about the implications of it and that spiraled, where did you feel like it was spiraling to? Uh, Loneliness, unworthiness. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just 
no good, (laughs) bad feelings about myself. Yeah. Mostly because I was getting mad at myself for even feeling that way. And then I would recognize that I was getting mad at myself and it would just be, you know, back and forth. Yeah. There's like a cycle of shame where it's like, oh, I I feel this. And then we beat ourselves up for feeling that way. Um, Yeah. You know, you suck. Why can't you get it together? And it reinforces itself. Yeah, spin cycle for sure. So it's the hardest part about the first four weeks for me uh, walking through this with people is like, I want to step in so bad and like, let me go ahead and go to week six and seven solution now. Um, because I don't want anybody to hurt. But at the same time, I know the more that they get clued in and tuned into the deepest insecurities and fears, the more they sit with the pain, which is where we're headed today. Uh, the more the insight opens up for them. As we talked about fears last time, do you still find yourself resonating with the same fear that we kind of zeroed in last time. Is that still ringing true with you? Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. Like where, where are some places you saw some dots connect or maybe more insight or just confirmation of it? Well, the main fear that we talked about last week was the fear that if I don't take care of myself, no one will. Uh, and that I'm nothing. And then I'm nothing special was another one. So both of those, really rang true when I had all these negative feelings about myself and I feel like if I can't even take care of myself, no one will spoil. And of course, uh, if people are paying attention to what I'm doing, uh, once they realize that I'm nothing special and no one's going to care or like, I, I see, I see that I'm making an impact and I'm making the kind of impact that I want to make. But for some reason, I question if I even have what it takes to, make that impact and see it through to the end and continue to do this with, with, uh, intention and conviction. Yeah. Oh, I love that way of phrasing it. Um, I want to do what I do with intention and conviction. Yes. And the way that we get to that place of, of mission, clarity and power, uh, and focus is the battle for identity. And so, you're learning to recognize that it's there. And then this week we get into why it's there. And it doesn't mean you have to wrestle this down and figure it out in a perfect way. Uh, but it means that you're just starting to let things come to the surface and connect dots. And so as you looked back through those like top five Hertz, tell me, uh, walk me through some of those and then tell me if any dots connected. If not, that's no problem. You don't have to force it. Just walk me through some of that and we'll go from there. Sure. So listing out my top five Hertz, I actually came up with six, but right on the, yeah. Uh, the first one was when I was in high school, I ended up hanging out with a lot of people who were getting into trouble, uh, in high school, starting to do drugs and experiment with different stuff. And I lost a lot of people to that, uh, just from them getting sent away you know, their parents would send them away to like rehab. And this happened multiple times with my best friend, like three times in a row, I had a best friend and they would get too heavy into the drugs and their parents would overreact and send them away. Mm. Um, so I'm just going in chronological order here. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next one was when I like broke ankle skateboarding and then I broke it again. So I broke the same ankle twice and not being able to do what I loved, but that was my release, not being able to go skate with my friends. And I had that fear of missing out. 
And uh, I just felt really crappy in that time. Mm. The next one, and let me know if you have anything to, to say. Yeah, I will. Before I go through all of them. Listening it along. Yeah. The next one was getting dumped by a girlfriend in college that I was with for a couple years. It was really tough. Uh, you know, those years are really formative and you're still learning so much about yourself and what you want. And I was really relying heavily on her and I kind of got blindsided by that breakup. Um, not like I was expecting to marry her already or anything, but I just was really upset in the moment. And after that, I, I definitely uh, abused some substances like more than I normally would just to like drown out the pain. Yeah. And I, I, re- I recognized that and I got over it eventually, but that was a tough time. Um, and then fast forward a few years, I lost like three grandparents, three of the only three grandparents that I ever had. I lost the, my three grandparents in the past couple of years, the past like three years. Um, specifically my, my mother who was an artist and she was really like, I looked up to and she encouraged me to keep going on my path and she would always, you know, get me the best supplies and teach me techniques. And I just wish I had more time to spend with her. So that was really tough to lose her. It's still really tough. Mm. Dude, that's uh, the next, painful. yeah, that's a lot of loss. Yeah. Yeah. The next one is probably the biggest one. Uh, so just over a year ago, I was living in Manhattan with a, a girl named Casey, and I was freelancing at the time, and we were living in Midtown in a little one-bedroom apartment. And one day, I was, I was working from home, and essentially, the building caught fire, and it burned through our entire apartment and took everything that we owned, including a pet. Mm. So we, we lost everything we owned to a spontaneous fire that started in the backyard mm. because of negligence that we don't even really know the details of. Mm. So that was really, really hard having to rebuild our lives from scratch. Yeah. Whoa. And this was last year? Yeah, it was about 14 months ago. Okay. Um, and then I have one more if you want to talk about that. Yeah, but let's, that's let's keep keep going. Yeah. I'm with you. And the last one was just this last summer, like, well, actually, it was in the spring. So it was last this past April, just a few months ago. Uh, the girl, the girl Casey, who I was living with in that apartment, uh, ended up breaking up with me, and we were living together in a different apartment, and she moved out, and I basically had that apartment on my own. Um, and I actually saw her tonight, but that was a huge hurt because we had been through so much together. And that also kind of came out of left field for me. I wasn't expecting her to break up with me anytime, you know, Mm -hmm. she was just not really honest with me about how she was feeling. And then all of a sudden she just decided in her head, she was going to move out. So that's definitely all those things have shaped me for sure. Like it was easy to identify these things for me. Yeah. Well, uh, gosh, Eric, so much, man. I mean, the intensity of relationships is painful, uh, especially the surprise, which you've had that happen. It sounds like twice now. Uh, and, 
then yeah the the multiple grandparents the fire uh and and it doesn't matter i mean this is something i say to people it seems like every time in week 3 we want to compare and 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 i'm not saying you've done this but we want to compare and go well look at the syrian crisis look how bad they have it i don't have it that bad um and and it's like yeah you can compare suffering across different spectrums and make valuations but that doesn't help anybody because if it causes you to struggle it's a struggle that's all it, it's all that matters um and we're all wired up different we all have tons of different experiences but but for sure man you've had some stuff uh no doubt do what this one's about uh and that is cut your heart i mean oftentimes things that occur whether it's you know, childhood, high school, college, early adulthood, it shapes our responses, you know, like I was saying in the email you read, for years to come. And, you know, what we want to do is just get underneath that. So when the fire happens, you guys are okay from that. Like you didn't get burned or anything and you lost all your stuff, obviously, and that's traumatic. Yeah, I I burned my hands. Um, It was actually really intense. I it all happened within like the span of a couple minutes. So, whoa, sleeping in or something like I might not have, I might not have even made it out. Um, so like I, the smoke was coming in through the window and I I closed the window and I I burned my hands on the window. Um, and that was like when I realized what was actually going on, I I thought it was like a car accident or something at first because it came from the backyard. Like it just didn't make any sense to me at first. So uh, luckily I made it out safely and I didn't mention this, but we actually had two pets and like by some miracle, the other one made it out safely. Um, one of them didn't, but yeah, I mean, relatively unharmed. It was a pretty minor burn. Whoa. Well, so, um, I mean, burning your hands, did that affect your ability to work for a while or? Uh, no, it was really just like my fingertips okay. and I got it treated and well, I took the whole month off of work anyway, cause I was freelancing. I basically just told all my clients, listen, I got to get my life together. I don't have a computer. I don't have any of my equipment to do my job. So did they understand stick by you? Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Okay. So I'm listening to those hurts as you talk through them. We're looking for themes because this gives us insight to like decode moving forward. Um, I, I know what I hear, but what dots did you connect? What things were you able to go, okay, I see this. And, uh, and again, not that we have to force it, but just curious as to what things came to the surface with that. Yeah, the main theme that I saw was loss and weakness and strength, like going through waves of that. That was really the only thing that I could identify those, those three themes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to switch tracks and we're going to come back to the hurts, but when you think through like, uh, your favorite movies, books, and songs, uh, what, what came to the surface there? We don't have to go to the connection to the theme yet, but just, uh, yeah. Tell me about some of the favorites. Sure. Uh, I really like comedies, like stupid comedies, like ones with Ben Stiller or Jack Black. Yeah. Um, I also really like action movies sometimes and like even romantic movies, even though I wouldn't seek them out on my own, I do <laughs> enjoy them when I see them. Yeah. And sometimes I tear, tear up a little bit. Right. On. Um, 
I like songs that are upbeat and fun or like intense. I love songs that have like a slow build to like a crescendo effect. Um, I don't really read that many books anymore. I prefer audiobooks and or podcasts, but lately I've been listening to like more practical stuff for me to like learn from sometimes about design or uh, productivity or just like regular self-help kind of stuff. Um, I also like autobiographies by famous people like comedian uh, Rob Lowe. I listened to recently that audiobook was pretty pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, but lately I haven't I haven't been like I haven't been consuming that much lately. I've mostly been trying to switch from consuming every single day to creating more. Uh, but yeah, okay. definitely still. Yeah. Great way of framing that. Tell me about, okay, so, uh, and I'm just absorbing all this and processing and, and w- favorite movie character. If you had to like list two or three, um, what would those be? Well, and, and I it doesn't have to be serious. I mean, it could be as like because you were naming comedies. Go ahead. First one that came to mind is Neo from The Matrix. Yeah, nice. That was a great movie. Dude, um, yes, it was so good. Yeah. And I mentioned before, I like those stupid uh, Ben Stiller movies. <laughs> yeah, where like n- nothing ever goes right for him, and he has to like figure out how to make sense of all the craziness that's happening to him. Yeah. Um, so like meet, meet the parents is a good example of that or, um, yeah, I, I can't help but laugh. I'm sorry. I meet the parents that scene, the dinner scene. I think I'll, I will always crack up at that when he's like, can you milk me, Greg? <laughs> 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 well, so, okay. As you walk through those, uh, and I hear the different characters and the different movies and songs and the themes from the Hertz, um, I hear a little bit of the fear of like, yeah, I, I could be, uh, you know, I want to know that I'm something special. I'm not easily replaceable, uh, especially with some of the severe breakups. And again, the way the fear works is it's there's layers. It's like a bulb, but there's the core. We don't have to force it. We flow with it. It'll be there when it needs to be there. But I also try to drop things through the conversation to increase speed of insight. And at any point, you know, it's uh, misjudging. Then you go like, nah, it feels like it's off. But what I hear uh, when you walk through that is the the thing that's been attacked over and over is, you know, I'm not going to be taken care of. I'm going to be left hanging. Uh, I'm not even going to be taken care of from a standpoint of physical safety. And what reinforces that even more is the attraction to the comedy story with the Joker as the centerpiece. Because when we walk through these fears, and this will make a lot more sense when we go to week six, they're all coupled with a desire. And when the fear that's present that says, I'm not going to be taking care of my needs are a problem, the desire there is joy. Because then it's like, yeah, I can relax. It's going to be okay. If we, if, you know, if Eric had a billion dollars in the bank, uh, you know, he would joke way more, right? That's probably a little bit of who you are. And so we want to, as we go through this process and you become more and more who you are, we'll turn that up. Not that it's not already happening, but we increase your ability. We amplify your ability to live out who you are. So the story that you're attracted to is the character that is like, screw it. This is fun. Let's laugh. Um, 
And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that laughter doesn't come until they're like, ah, okay, I know that it's going to be okay, that I'm taken care of. When we feel oppressed with the needs, when we wonder, and when we're stressing and we're worrying, that joy is gone. So tell me when I describe that, does that resonate? Does it feel like it syncs up with your story or does it feel like it misses the mark? Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense, uh, particularly in one type of scenario for me. Like I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of writing these days for my blog and I've been trying to figure out ways to make it more funny and have some more of my personality, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel comfortable for me to do that because whenever I do it, I don't like the writing and I end up editing it out or even I'll show it to my, my friends who, um, I trust with their advice. They say that doesn't really fit with the rest of the article. Hmm. Yeah. It's that hard thing of getting out of your own way when you're creating, uh, the mm-hmm. inner critic and the way that it, I, I struggle with that with writing. I'm better in person. And people have told me like, I read your writing, and eh, but I uh, hear you speak, and I'm like, yeah, uh, because I'm less filtered, right? Where somebody else might be more filtered when they're speaking. Um, and, and so, yeah, you'll definitely, as we move forward, learn to close the gap on that because your brain starts to organize, and it can't help but do it around the truth or the story of who you are. What's the security of your identity look like? Um, and that's why we unpack these hurts. When you got to the second section of the exercises with the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, um, this idea that we all have things that we turn to for comfort, and, and it seems so cruel that in the midst of talking about fear and pain and shame that we would take away the things that would comfort you. <laughs> but just to stop, to let the pain come to the surface, because again, we want to get deep awareness of the pain, and this will set us up for where we're headed for the growth. What comes to mind when you walk through that? about like anything you turn to in moments where you feel hungry, angry, lonely, afraid? Like the things that I would distract myself with or feel comfortable with, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that, you know, and again, it could be like things that society is like, oh, that's a good thing. Well, it's again, it goes to motive. It could be a good thing, but it's done for a false sense of comfort. Go ahead. Well, I realize that when I feel hungry or angry or lonely or tired, I actually uh, bite my nails, something that I just do. I've been doing that for years, and I've been trying to kick the habit. Um, I also sometimes make food or eat food or make coffee just to distract myself, even though I don't really need it. I'm not, maybe not even that hungry, or I don't really need caffeine in the moment, um, just because I want to not think about whatever was on my mind before. I also like like I was saying before, I check the stats online of how my stuff's doing just because I want a little like boost of dopamine to numb the pain. Mm. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm not as organized as I need to be and I have a lot on my plate right now and it's really crippling when I'm not organized. I end up just sort of drowning in tasks and using these like few things that I just mentioned to like get by without actually really tackling the big problem. Yeah. Doing the hard thing first or, you know, whatever the way you strategize or structure your day to be as effective as possible. I know I'm most afraid 
to take the next right step and engage the, you know, where I'm at when I'm like, I'm just going to look at the podcast stats again for the third time in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and it, ha- it doesn't even refresh like that. Uh, it, it's like refreshes every few hours. Um, but man, checking that would be so much easier than emailing so-and-so and making uh, something to set up, you know, a pitch. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So the fact that you see that now is incredible. What you're in a great spot to do, um, and the transition you were sharing about in the first uh, episode, first time we chatted, the the space you're in is to start studying yourself like crazy. And even though this isn't so much week three, it kind of is because it's learning your story. Um, but start studying yourself, not only looking at the past, but looking at like breaking down your tasks. And this is stuff that I do with people like later on in different programs, but it's just where you're at and... I'll throw it out your way to to think about, but to look at your flow and go, okay, what are the tasks that energize me? What are the ones I got to ramp up for? And what are the ones that drain me? And really trying to build around the schedule so that you can do that deep work around the tasks that energize you and really move away from those C ones uh, as much as you can. There's lots of different ways to strategize around that. Taking into account decision fatigue, stepping out, trying new things, launching out, scary, hard, exhausting, Uh, And you get to the point where you, from an economy standpoint, it's essential to have like a really uh, streamlined schedule so that you go, okay, I do this on Tuesday afternoon. I do this on Thursday morning. Uh, You can still have spontaneity built in as you want, but you're not having to constantly think through things. Um, It was me going out to lunch uh, with a guy and just a real leader of leaders and was helping him with some decision fatigue stuff. And with ordering it, he orders, and I'm like, I'll have what he's having. And I was like, look, it doesn't matter what we order here because it's all crap food. And we were just kind of indulging. It was fun. But I said, I don't want to pick out anything. I'm economically saving my energy to make decisions. Um, And again, that's learning your story. I mean, it's studying. Obviously, this is much more about going deep into the past, making those connections, and then looking at the present. But there are people, and this is Seth Godin talks a lot about this, part of what keeps their pain at bay when they're angry, lonely, or tired, probably not hungry as much, is they get all their ducks in a row, right? We want to do this thing where we can organize everything. Now I can get to work. Uh, that too can be a compulsion or an addiction. The better academic term there would be compulsion. But it's anything I do that distracts me from being present with this moment, especially when this moment brings pain. And as cheesy as this is, it's why we resonate like with the Star Wars movies. Skywalker had to go into the cave and face the pain with Darth Vader. It's weird, I know, but it's like that Darth Vader moment. And that's really, at these, like these first four weeks especially, we want to keep getting that insight into what's it mean to face the terror of I'm not going to be taken care of. And externally, you have felt that. You face that. So we'll learn to reorganize things internally so you can be your Ben Stiller crazy self, obviously being your own personality. Uh, of course, now I'm picturing you like uh, 
throwing gasoline around like Zoolander <laughs> um, <laughs> just popped in there. But the idea is you unblock you and it comes through the depth of that pain. What's going to keep you from the pain? Distracting yourself. I got to get all my ducks in a row. That next purchase is going to fix it. We don't actively say that, but, you know, I can go out and make these choices that make me feel good for a moment. And then I'm like, ugh, I feel like a hollowed out version of myself later. Um, that's the halt. So a lot of people have told me as they've gone through this, um, you know, this process of halt, it just gets deeper for them. They notice it at kind of like an exterior level. And then they start to notice more and more. For me, it's at the level now where if, you know, I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, it even reflects itself I'm noticing in my tone. It's one thing for me to be aware that I'm threatened when I'm punching a door. True story. Another thing when my heart rate is elevated and I'm perspiring and breathing fast or not breathing and my tone is raised. It's another thing to recognize it at the level of physiological response. It's another thing to recognize it right when my heart rate picks up just a beat faster. And we're shrinking that awareness in. And that's why, you know, I'm asking these questions and all this helps me too as we move forward. Um, when you took one of the five moments or six and, uh, you know, I was asking you to really emotionalize it, make it visceral to dive into it. And if it involves someone else, you know, process that, write a letter, filter nothing. Were you able to do that? Yeah, I procrastinated it for quite a while, though. Yeah, that's normal. A lot of people do. <laughs> um, tell me why you think you procrastinated it. I didn't know what I was going to say. Uh, I felt like I had already worked through a lot of the things I had to say. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've actually already done this exercise before with a, a couple of these hurts. Yeah. And... I didn't want to do it again because it wasn't fun and I didn't really feel like it was a good use of time. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, so after you did it, did you get new or deeper insight or just confirm things that were there? Just confirm things that were already there, yeah. I think. Yeah. And that's the thing about grief. It's like a, a windshield if it pops back up, we process it. It doesn't mean we get deeper insight. Um, you know, there's a story that I tell. Uh, I don't think I told it in the recording for this week. Um, pretty sure I didn't, but I'll give a brief one just in case. Tell me if I did. I did a deal with a guy, and it went bad. And every time I saw his car, I mean, it was just really bad. It felt very cheated, and it hurt our family. And every time I saw his car, it wasn't his car. It was his style of car. I would just feel like enraged and that was like seven states away. Um, and it took a couple of years before I would stop. I would see that car and not even think about him. Um, and so I would think that I've processed this and I'll give you some strategies week six and seven, take it even deeper, but I got real healthy with it. And then I'd see his card and flash it back up. And that's the way grief works. It comes back because it's the signal for us to go, Oh, if I'm not keeping this, uh, emotional account clean and clear, if you will, I'm going to be blocked up from where I need to go. Um, and that's why I say, if you can, you know, get this out, pen and paper, visceral as possible, you keep on under, you keep on getting to the depths of this, 
the cave is endless. Uh, and the more we deep dive deep into it, the more, if you will, for lack of a better way of saying it, we have gifts to come out of the cave with for others. And we come out of that with creativity. We come out of that with insight. We come out of that with not only motivation and help uh, that we offer. We come out of it with just inspiration for our own life to, to do what you said with mission, to live with intention. Um, and that's blocked up for a lot of people because they're so numb from everything they're doing when they're hungry and only tired. Uh, so I can only imagine with all you've been through going back through that. Whew. So props. Um, when we talk about the places that your identity is hurt, uh, one thing I want to make sure as you move forward, because this is going to be key for processing, when you can be with yourself and be raw and vulnerable and you can fall apart internally, then you can be externally safe, sane, stable for others. I would even say it this way for you. The joy is there. The, the part of you that you want to amplify, the fun part, the part that's ready to laugh and have a great time. And what's going to block that up is not feeling like you've got permission within yourself to not have to prove or hide. Um, so you are the ultimate safe place for yourself. You are the ultimate place where you can go, I don't have to have it all together. I can, I can internally freak out with myself. And all you're doing is giving permission to feel the active and passive wounds, the places your identity is violated or the places your identity is neglected. And as you create this um, place within yourself where you go, you know what? Everybody needs somewhere. They don't have to pretend or pose. They can just let it all go. Um, and so I do this with myself. There was a time a couple of weeks ago where I faced like this crazy obstacle. And I woke up thinking about it. You, you know, it was my eyes open and boom, it hits me. And some fear, some panic, some struggle, some worry. How am I going to do this? What's this going to be like? Um, and I have a morning routine I go through. And I went through this morning routine. And it activates just the best part of who I am. And I remember thinking, whoa, this is, this is not that big of an obstacle. You've been here before. You can do this again. But it was giving myself in that morning routine space to acknowledge that it hurt that it's okay for you to be afraid, you know, all change starts with acceptance. And this is why I don't like a lot of American self-help hype that pushes you past acceptance. It's like, don't accept that that's real. You know, hype yourself into a new reality. No, you do accept it's real. You learn your story. You sit with it. You don't stay stuck in it, but you sit with it. Um... You know, it's it's crazy when people try to tell me, I've just got to not accept this limitation. I'm like, no, you do have to accept it. You accept it. You sit with it. Now you can get the creative breakthrough. Now you can get the innovation. You can't just will yourself into a reality that it doesn't exist. Uh, now you get to see how your grit develops, your internal fortitude, because you can fall apart with yourself. Accept it. This sucks. This hurts. I'm bleeding, I'm sweating, I'm tired. 
<sighs> and that's my internal world, and I can keep going. Um, thoughts or questions on that? I guess I'm just curious to see all that in practice because it sounds really good. Yeah. Like that, especially the, the morning routine. Uh, I was wondering, you know, if that was really difficult for you to develop and cause I've tried to make adjustments to my morning routine to, to do exactly what you said to activate the best version of myself and to uh, really get me in a good place. But I always have trouble sticking with it and really making the change in my life. Dude, I feel like you keep anticipating where we're headed in an awesome way because I'll keep wanting to jump ahead. Uh, I feel that sometimes <laughs> at week three, but I'm feeling it especially strong tonight where I'm like, I just want to go to week six with you. I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I am going to do it a little bit. Um, the starting point, it's, it's internal and it's external. The starting point of the internal change is when you learn what you're looking for and you give that to yourself in the most creative way possible. Now, I can tell you from working with lots of people, I started noticing a pattern. And and we'll get into this week six, but feeling, seeing, hearing. Some people are strong at seeing, some are hearing, some are feeling. You're going to learn to construct an internal reality that you feel, see, and hear. Your needs aren't a problem. You feel, see, and hear joy. And I know that's trippy, and I'm going to have some science with it and all kinds of stuff. But for now, I want to at least introduce it to say, internally, the best you can right now, processing it this way, I give myself joy. I give myself this gift. Internally, my needs aren't a problem. Yes, externally, you know, I have to eat, I have to have clothing, I have to have shelter. But the real thing that I need... I can do this. I'm watching out for myself. I have an internal quality of life that I can build that even when my external quality is threatened or challenged, um, I can understand. I can live out of a reality that I'm going to make it. And I don't have to live afraid that I'm going to be left hanging, looking out how to make sense of, you know, this fear that I feel when it doesn't seem like the abundance is real because communication or circumstances keep communicating to me that I am going to be left out. I am not going to be taken care of. And that's what, this goes back to week one. We want to pause that mental mechanism. So what we're learning to do now is recognize the mental mechanism deeply. So we learn how to pause it. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of people that, a lot of people that struggle with this fear, um, that their needs are a problem. They can be jealous of others. I think I said this to you last week when they see others really caring for themselves well, uh, and doing a lot of things that almost lavish care on themselves. And, um, they're giving themselves that gift, that gift of joy. And that's where we're headed. Any thoughts or questions on anything we've talked about tonight? And I want to set up a little bit of week four. Uh, well, what you just said there reminded me of something kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if you it. ever watched, uh, I'm not sure if you ever watched the show Parks and Rec. Yes, I've seen a little bit of them. 
there's a, an episode and then another episode that's all it's called treat yourself <laughs> dude oh. essentially yeah go, go ahead. they made up a holiday they made up a holiday and it's called treat yourself day and essentially they take care of themselves they pamper themselves they you know what you just basically said of how other people uh, take care of themselves so well. It reminded me of that. So I just wanted to say, treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that out. Well, that makes me, uh, <laughs> I've got a buddy, he says that, and he'll also incorporate it and go sight shift yourself. Uh, and so I'm like, <laughs> ah, but that's where you got it. Uh, dude, I will have to look those episodes up and, and check that out. Um, as we head to, Besides, go ahead. Yeah. Besides that, uh, I think I'm pretty clear on everything we talked about. I'm just, you know, getting more and more excited. Yeah, it's a lot to absorb, and dude, you're absorbing, and that's awesome. So what we're going to do for next week, week four, is we're looking at a real laser level where this fear is present in our actions, how to recognize what's happening in the smallest of moments. So I'm going to go one more deep, one more week deep into the problem with you, and then we shift gears for solution. So like I always say, you know, with folks, hit me up if you need me. I'm going to keep that flow unblocked and keep the growth going. And, uh, man, have an awesome rest of the week. Thanks. Yeah. You too, man. Thanks, buddy. Peace. This has been The Sight Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.